Hi, you're listening to the sermon podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. All right. Hey, uh, if you have a Bible with you uh, this morning, go ahead and get that out and turn with me. I don't need it. Uh, Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. Uh, if you are, if this is your first time uh, to Impact Church or your first time to church ever, I uh, want to encourage you. You are uh, welcome to follow along uh, in the Bible if you brought one. If not, uh, feel free to use your phone or a tablet. And uh, if you're like, how do you do that? You can download an app, Bible app. You just type in Bible app, the app store. You should be able to find uh, one that works for you. And uh, I use one called Version, Y-O-U version. And uh, you can download that, follow along in God's Word today uh, as we study the Bible. One of the things I want want to uh, continue to encourage us. Like, as we're starting this new church, there are a lot of things that you might be experiencing for the first time. So, like, there's a lot of things when you're starting a new church um, that might be different from what you're used to when it comes to church, if you're used to church at all, all right? So, there are some things that might be, might feel a little different, or you might not be real sure of, and I just want you to know that's actually on purpose. It's actually by design, because we're starting a new church uh, so that we can actually try to get a few things right. We won't get everything right. We want to try to get a few things from God's Word right. Right, and so you may notice some things that are different. Maybe the way we worship, or the intentionality of how we do things, or some of the phrases that we use. Well, guys, when we open up God's Word, uh, that's a little different too, because a lot of times when we go to church, we're used to okay, the pastor's going to get up, he's going to preach and kind of speak to us, and we'll just kind of sit back and we'll listen, and hopefully, like he'll entertain us enough, and like it'll be good enough so that we can, you know, get something out of it. But if it's not, no big deal, and that's. Sometimes that's how we approach church, and that's how we approach the sermon. And I want to encourage you, like for us as a church, let's do it a little differently. Like, let's approach the message time a little differently. Instead of just one person standing up preaching to uh, other people, let's look at it as all of us together, that we are all God's people, and we are all going to be around God's Word so that we can hear a word from God. Okay, so I want you to just kind of get that idea in your head. So here's some ways you can do that. Uh, you may have noticed some uh, response cards on your seats when you came in. There's a, a, a place on one side for you to take notes today. So I encourage you to take notes. Feel free to, uh, you know, take notes on your phone or tablet if you uh, would rather do that. So you can do that. Um, also, I want to encourage you, like, um, uh, to lean in today during the message. All right. So don't just like um, sit back and be passive. 
but lean into the message today. Remember, this is not Brandon up here trying to entertain you. This is all of us, God's people, surrounding ourselves around God's Word, all right? So lean into the message today, and I just wanted to take a moment. We don't do that every week, but I just want to take a moment and kind of explain to you uh, what we are doing, all right? So uh, welcome to a brand new uh, message series that we are starting today called You Belong. And uh, I am so excited because we're going to be taking this journey over the next couple of weeks as we talk about what does it look like to really belong. And this is something that like as I was, as I was thinking about, like I had originally titled this series something totally different. And in the last week, like I've just been hearing this word so much, the word belong. And, uh, and I've just, I've heard it over and over again. I heard it in Greece, like um, so many times, like Wendy shared a little bit of a story of, you know, it's kind of shocking. I'm sure now our kidsmen is, is doing a great job uh, debriefing that story, but sitting next to someone who's saying, you know, like, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. And their family says, well, if you're going to follow Jesus, the next time we see you, we'll just set you on fire. Like, like, like to, to hear things like that and to hear refugees and here's what they were longing for. Like they didn't, none of them asked us for money. Isn't that crazy? Like so many times we think, oh, refugees, they're going to see Americans. And none of them asked us for money. None of them asked us to sign papers and bring them over to the U.S. None of them asked us, oh, you live in the D.C. area. You think you could like talk to President Biden and get me over there? You know, like none of that happens. All right. Here are the things that they asked for. Uh, will you pray for us? Will you pray for us? Um, will you pray for me because I'm very lonely? Guys, some of them, they've left their families. Some of them have lost their families. Some of them will never, as long as they follow Jesus, will never see their families again. And what I heard was this sense of longing from people around the world. Like, sometimes we get caught up in our little bubble. But guys, I want you to know, there are millions of people around the world today who don't have homes. I think about the Ukraine situation, or, uh, the millions of people fleeing from Ukraine as refugees right now. And guys, they are, they are longing for belonging. Okay? They are looking to belong. But I don't look at it as just a worldwide thing. I, I actually um, visited, well, it kind of felt like a different country uh, during times. So I was, in the, I was in the mountains of Pennsylvania this past week. And uh, man, I thought, I thought we were country in Mississippi. I had no idea that uh, there was like this whole culture in the mountains of Pennsylvania. And uh, I had a great time. <laughs> it's so true, right? I had a great time, though, uh, preaching this camp for students. And uh, we had a great time. And, uh, but here's, the, here's one word that I kept hearing all week long is uh, students would come to me and talk to me like after messages and I would do some counseling and praying and they would say like for the first time I'm just I feel like I belong like like there was this one student he's a ninth grade boy and he came up to me and he said uh uh, I, I need to come talk to you. And I said, what do you want to talk about? And he said, tonight, like he said, I was baptized when I was four. I said a prayer when I was four. I had no clue what that meant. Tonight, I understand that like Jesus died for me and now I am a part of his family. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. He was like, yeah. He was like, and for the first time, I feel like I belong. Like I, don't, I can't explain it. I just feel like I belong. 
Like, like I feel like I'm not being judged. I feel like I'm not an outsider. I feel like I'm not being made fun of. I just feel like finally I belong. Student after student, they would keep using that word like, I felt like a misfit, but now I feel like I belong. I hear uh, this word a lot in Fredericksburg. Like, as we travel, uh, go around, and we start this new church, and we hang around Fredericksburg, like, and and I I heard it a lot yesterday, and like this past weekend, um, with so much going on in our city, and um, even heard it, like, uh, especially among, like, the LGBTQ community, and um, the Pride March yesterday, like, throughout Fredericksburg, I heard the words, like, we are looking for belonging like looking to belong. Like this word is a craving of the souls of humans. Like, and we all have it. Like we all crave to belong to something, right? Um, the, the word belong, if you look it up in the dictionary, it, it literally means this, um, uh, to be a part of a group, to be a member of an organization, and to fit in with a certain place or people. So the first two we can kind of get, right? To be a part of a group. All right, yeah, I'm a part of a group. There's a group of us going to the movies. I was included. I'm a part. I belong, okay? The second one we kind of get to, right? To be a member of an organization. Now, like, the ante kind of ups a little bit because it's not just I'm a part of this organization. I am a member of this organization. Like, like I have some, something at stake, right? But then that third definition ups it even more. It says, actually, I fit in with a certain place or people. That I'm not, just, I'm not just a part of a group, I'm not just a member on paper, but I fit in like a, like a part of the body, like the hand fits into the wrist, like the head fits into the neck, like I fit in to this. And guys, this is so much what our culture is looking for. Um, and so here's the deal. Um, Our culture's looking for it. We are looking for it. We as humans are made with this longing to belong. And guys, I got really good news for you today. Like, luckily, this is not a cultural phenomenon. Like, luckily, this is not something that we've just created as humans that we want to belong. God's Word has a lot to say about belonging. And so we're going to study that over the next couple of weeks. And if you're here today and you feel like you haven't found your place to belong, you feel like you look around and you don't fit in at work, you don't fit in at home, you don't fit in with your friends, like you feel like, man, I just need a place to belong. Um, So many people have been looking for uh, churches and and what does this look like and should I go to church and why should I go to church and if church is this or that, I don't want it. And and guys, like God's Word is going to tell us a lot about what it looks like to belong. And I believe with all of my heart, like a core conviction that I have, that the answer God has given to the world for its longing to belong is the local church. Like I just believe with all of my heart that the answer God has given to the world for our longing to belong is the local church. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the church from the Bible's perspective. We are not going to talk about the church from Brandon's perspective. We are not going to talk about the church from Impact's perspective. We are going to talk about the church from God's perspective. Like, why did God create the church? And what is the church? And why does the church matter? Um, We're going to talk about church membership. 
We're going to talk about like, is that biblical? Is it in the Bible? Should we do it? How should we do it? What should it look like? Why should, like, what is that? What is church membership? Like, we're going to talk about that. Um, over the next couple of weeks. And in fact, like this is what I'm really excited about, is in a few weeks, at the end of this series, we are going to do something really monumental as a church. And in the next few weeks, we are going to officially incorporate as a church. Now, what that means, you're just kind of sitting back, you're like, okay, well, I thought we are a church. Yeah, 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 we are, don't worry. Like, we are a church, all right? But what's really cool is that we are getting to a point now as a church where we've got like this structure in place. And to incorporate um, as a church to the state of Virginia means one thing. It means we've got some paperwork and we've got some stuff or whatever. To incorporate as a church for us means that we are going to actually become members together. That we are going to find and be a people who belong and create a place and a people for others in this city to belong. And that is something I'm so excited about. All right. So let's get into God's word. Let's figure out today. We're just going to answer the question. What is a church? What is a church? If you're taking notes, you can just write that question down. What is a church? Like, what, what is a church? Um, there's so many things that we could answer that with, right? And all of us would probably have different answers based on our perspectives. Like, some of us may have really positive answers, like um, a church is a really good place. A church is a good thing to do. A church, you know, some of us may have other answers, like a church is a building. A church is a program. A church is a, you know, a, a worship service, um, some of us may have negative things to say, right? A church is a greedy place. Um, a church is a manipulative place. A church is an abusive place. So there's all sorts of places on the spectrum that you may be. So today I'm not here to, um, you know, give you my perspective on what a church is. We're going to open up the Bible and see what God's perspective of a church is, all right? Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 13. This is the first place in Scripture in the New Testament that the idea of the church is, is mentioned, all right? So let's just start at the very beginning. Luckily, they're in red letters, so that means Jesus said it. So we're going straight to the source, baby. Here we go. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Here we go. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, I'll just stop right there. That's how Jesus referred to himself, all right? So he just looks at his disciples. He says, hey, as you go around town, who does everybody say that I am? Verse 14, and they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or maybe one of the prophets. And he said to them, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, you think about that. So, so this is the first place. You go back and look at, um, at verse 18. 
And this is where Jesus sort of establishes the church. Now, there's a lot of stuff I don't have time to get into today. A lot of talk about, well, what was Jesus talking about? What was it that he's going to build his church upon? Is it, you know, some, a lot of people uh, think it's uh, Peter. And so that's how through church tradition, Peter becomes like the first pope and uh, all this kind of stuff. And um, I don't have time to get into all of that today. What I want you to see is, is just the innocence, the simplicity of what Jesus says. You know, Jesus says, um, on this rock, I will build my church. And that word church that I want you to see is a Greek word called ekklesia, ekklesia. And that word ecclesia is the word that we translate into church, okay? So anytime you hear us say church in the Greek, what we're saying is ecclesia, and that's the word that Jesus uses here to say, I will build my ecclesia, and, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, all right? So it's pretty cool. Like, we should know what is this. Well, what does the word ecclesia mean? Like, when Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, what was he talking about? Like when Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, what did he see in his head? Like when Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, did he see a concert hall with like instruments and bands and cool performers? I, I don't know, like Jesus I could have thought anything he could see in the future. Like when Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, did he see like um, two people hanging out at home together just studying the Bible? I don't know. When Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, did he see people like watching their phones on their way to the beach, like half-heartedly listening to a worship service? Like when Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, like did he see uh, huge stadiums filled with people listening to a broadcast? Like what did Jesus see when he said, I will build my ecclesia? Well, here's what the word ecclesia means. Because you got to remember, there was no no one had a vision of what church looked like. It didn't exist yet, right? So no one knew, like no one is up there when Jesus says, I will build my ecclesia. And everyone goes, oh, good. Oh, I love ecclesia. Like ecclesia, that is the best. Like, yeah, let's get some ecclesia in this place. Like, like that didn't exist, all right? So what was Jesus talking about? Here's what the word ecclesia means. Before it meant what we think of church, it meant the called ones. The ones who were called. Literally, the ones who were called out. <laughs> the ones who were called out. The called out ones. Jesus says, I will build my called out ones, and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. How cool is that? From the very beginning, when Jesus established the church, it was a group of people. It was a group of people. It was never like when Jesus established the church, it was never like this fine run machine. It was never a building. It was now I'm not hating on any of that stuff and we'll talk through all that in the next couple of weeks. But listen, like like when Jesus established the church, I want you to just witness the purity of what Jesus said. Like like if we're starting from the ground up, Let's not put all of our preconceived notions on. Let's just listen to what Jesus said and the purity of it. Jesus said, like first, first Peter says, you're the Christ. And Jesus says, yes. And on that truth, I am going, I'm going to build a group of people who are called by my name. 
and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against them. And what they bind on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. And what they loose on earth, talking about the gospel, I'll loose it in heaven. Like, how cool is that? Just think about the purity of that and the simplicity of that. Sometimes, guys, I think we're tempted to make church so complicated. We're tempted to make it something that's just so, like Jesus never saw that in his head. I want you to fast forward to when Jesus died on the cross. And when Jesus gives his life on Calvary and he's hanging on the cross, like he was doing that for us. And like I often wonder, like, what did he picture in his head as he's giving his life to Jesus, or as he's giving his life for us, Jesus is, as a sacrifice? What is he seeing? What is he noticing? What's happening? And I think with all of my heart, like, I don't think he saw big buildings. I don't think he saw impressive programs. I don't think he saw well-oiled machines. Brother, sister, I think he saw you. I think he saw you. I think he saw me. I think he saw us living together in unity of mission and purpose, binding evil on this earth, loosing the gospel through the power of heaven. Hey, um, if you still got your Bible, uh, flip over with me a few books of the Bible and go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And so here's what I want to do um, this morning with the time that we have left. I want, to, I want to show you, I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. Now, when we start talking about, like, how did the Bible define church? Guys, honestly, we would be here all day. Like, there's a lot of analogies and illustrations that the Bible uses to talk about church, right? Like, he says, like, the church is like the bride of Christ. The church is like the body of Christ. Um, you know, the church is like a, like a kingdom here on earth, right? So, like, we get all of these analogies and illustrations. I don't have time to go through all of them, but I did want to read to you just a chapter of Scripture uh, this morning that kind of has some of these themes of what the church looked like. So, Jesus has died. Jesus has risen from the grave. Jesus has told his disciples to go make disciples. Jesus has gone back to heaven. The Holy Spirit has fallen on the church. The churches begin to testify that Jesus has risen from the dead. They are sharing the gospel. Other churches are being started. People are being sent out to go take the gospel around the world. And now we have a church in Corinth. And so the apostle Paul starts writing. And so the church is, I don't know, maybe like 10, 20 years old at this point. So we've still got a little bit of that purity of what was the church. Like what did Jesus think of when he said the church? So let's pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. You guys there? All right, awesome. 1 Corinthians 3, let's start in verse 5. Uh, Paul is addressing some divisions People are arguing in the church, and they are tempted, kind of like what Wes was saying, their hearts were bent towards idols. The people were tempted, and they were trying to say, well, I'm team Apollos. And they were going, I'm team Paul, and I want Paul to be the lead pastor. Well, I want Apollos to be the lead pastor. There were even people going, well, I think Barnabas should be the lead pastor. And like, there's all these people like going crazy, and there's some divisions in the church over like basically who the, who the best celebrity pastor was. So it took them about 10 years. Uh, to do basically what we still do today, all right? Um, so this is Paul's answer to that. He says, guys, what then is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants. Servants. I want you to see that. Like Paul's answer 
to who then are these celebrities that you're following? Who then is your favorite podcast star? Who then is your favorite YouTube preacher? Like, who then are these people? And Paul answers, well, they ought to be servants. And that word servant didn't mean like serve, like I'm going to go and help some poor people for the day. That word servant literally meant like, like slave, like I'm going to give my life to be your slave. Very different from living the life of a celebrity pastor, yes? He says, we are servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Look at verse 6. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Verse 8, he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. God's building. Now I want you to see in verse 9 right there, and that word you. So as Paul's talking and he's like, listen, we're the workers, we're serving God and we're helping work. You are the field. When he says you, Paul is talking to the ecclesia. Paul is talking to the church. Okay, so Paul's not like, he's not just talking to one group of people. He is talking to the church and he's saying, listen, we're God's fellow workers. Like we're laboring and working and planting, but you, the church, listen to what he says. You are God's field. You're God's building. Isn't that interesting? Two phrases that the Bible uses to talk about the church. Jesus says the church are the people who have been called and saved by Jesus. Okay, that's, that's the church. But then Paul says, you know, the church, you guys are kind of like a field. And he's using this analogy and he's saying, you know, I'm planting seeds. And by planting seeds, the seed is the gospel of Jesus. So Paul's like, I keep sharing the gospel, planting seeds everywhere. And then Apollos comes and he waters them. And I think water is kind of like discipleship, like teaching, like you heard the gospel, but now let me like hold your hand and take you to like how to really follow Jesus. He says, so some of us like threw seed out and others of us came around and watered. And then God somehow, we don't know how this works out because we haven't learned photosynthesis yet by the time of 1 Corinthians. So I'm not sure how this played out, but somehow, supernaturally, God gave it growth. And you guys started to grow up like these little plants. And you started as little bitty plants, then you grew into bigger plants. And now you're big, healthy trees, and you've become a field. And I look around at all of these healthy trees throughout this entire field, and I see, man, this is the church. It started with the gospel, and then we, we put some discipleship in and made disciples, and then somehow God supernaturally saved people, and we continue to grow in Him, and, and God made a field for Himself. Paul says that's what the church is like. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful? That's so much better than please come to our event so that we can have a lot of numbers and put some pictures on social media so that everything looks good. That's so different. Then Paul says, you are God's building. You are God's building. Isn't that so wonderful? He doesn't say you are a building. You're not just a building. He doesn't say church is a building. What are you guys doing meeting in your house? Like raise some money and build a building. He doesn't say that. He says you are God's building. 
He doesn't say you need a building. He says you are God's building. Well, why is that important? Because a building has a foundation. And that foundation is Jesus. In fact, let's keep reading about it. He's going he's to uh, tell us about it. In verse 10, he says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. Guys, that verse is church planting. That verse is how we plant churches, how we start churches. There, there, Paul says, I, I just started building and I laid a foundation of the gospel and then other people started laying foundations and, uh, and now we've built a building and those foundations are people. Verse 11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Somebody say Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it'll be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved, but uh, only as through fire. Let me explain this, because anytime the Bible's talking about fire, things get a little weird. Okay, so here's what's happening. Paul starts talking, he says, listen, you're like a building, and that foundation is Christ, and then we're all going to build upon that foundation of Christ. And what we're building are people, souls, the gospel. Like we're building, and then we become this beautiful building on display for God's glory of people who've been called out by Jesus. He says, But there's some of you who want to lay foundations that are not like Jesus. And listen to some of the things he uses. He says, Some of you want to build a foundation with gold. They all oh, just get all of my all of my uh, gold and silver together, all of my money, and that's, that's the foundation. We need a lot of money. We need flashy things. We need to look a certain way. We need to have certain things. We need to impress people. Then he goes on and says, uh, precious stones that will woo and awe people. Wood, hay, straw. He says there's all these things you could use as a foundation other than Christ. But here's what's going to happen. One day God is going to send a fire. And the fire is going to come. And what is the fire going to do to the gold? Burn it. Melt it. What's fire going to do to the silver? Burn it. Melt it. What's it going to do to the straw? Poof. It's gone. Like all of these things are things that fire is going to destroy. The only foundation that will last for an eternity is a foundation built on Christ. It's the only foundation that when the fire comes, it will withstand the flames. It's the only one. And so guys, we got to be really careful the foundation we're building for this church. We got to build a foundation built on Jesus. We got to build a foundation. It's just so tempting to go, man, I know the playbook. I, I know how we, you know, we could do this and this, and we get so many people and do all of this stuff. Guys, listen, we want more people to come to Jesus. We want this church to grow. <laughs> we want more and more people. We want it to grow with people coming to know Jesus. We want it to grow through seeds of the gospel that are being planted. Not with hay, not with wood, not with precious stones or gold or silver. We want it to grow by the power of Jesus Christ. 
Guys, that's what Paul says the church is like. Then he goes on in, in verse 16. Look at verse 16 with me. He says, uh, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? This is so awesome. Um, well, let me just finish. Verse 17, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. This is what's really cool. In the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, the temple is where God lived. And so everybody, I could see the church being tempted to be like, oh man, we got to build a temple here. Like, and if you look in Corinth where this was uh, done, there are temples everywhere. The temple of Apollo, the temple of Aphrodite. Like there are t- we were just there two weeks ago. There are temples everywhere. And Paul is saying, you don't need to build a temple for God. You are the temple of God. And because God's spirit is not going to come reside in a room or a building. God's spirit is going to reside in you. So let me just tell you what that practically means. We don't ever have to pray for the Holy Spirit of God to fill a room. Because he's not interested in filling a room. We don't ever have to pray for the Holy Spirit of God to to come into this place. Imagine inviting God into the universe he created. Okay, I think he knows the way. Like he, we don't have to invite him because the Holy Spirit does not dwell in an atmosphere. He does not dwell in walls or bricks. He dwells in God's people. And so where God's people are, the Holy Spirit of God is. You don't got to call them down. You don't got to do something crazy. You don't have to ask them and just keep praying until somehow he, he just shows up. Okay, you don't have to do that. If, if God's people are in the room, God is in the room. He is with us. Where two or three are gathered, there I am right there with them. Like, like, like when you are the church, you are the temple of God. God doesn't want us to build him really big buildings and really impressive structures and things for him to show his glory. He wants to build people. He wants you. He wants to use your life to display His glory to the nations. Guys, this is what a church is. A church is the building of God, the temple of God, a field of God based around His people, the called out ones. Um, I want to, just as we kind of come wind down a little bit. I want to read to you today. Um, today, everyone who's here is going to get a free book. I'm so excited about it. It is a great book. It's an easy read, a quick read, and it's called Rediscover Church, okay? And it's a really great book. It's written by a guy who lives in Arlington, Virginia, right down the road. And so it's really cool because he writes it under the context of Northern Virginia. So it's like, you'll be reading it. You'll be like, yeah, that's our culture. Well, that's because he wrote it for our culture. All right. So it's literally written for us. And I want everyone that's here today to take a copy. And if you're like, oh, I don't want to take one. It's okay. I can get more. And if you know someone that you're discipling that you want, they have, this is, this book will be perfect for people who have left church, especially since COVID. Like it is written specifically for people who dropped out of church during COVID and aren't sure if they want to come back or not. Because what it does is it doesn't say you better get back in church. It says maybe the reason you don't want to go back to church is because you've never been part of a biblical church. 
Like maybe we don't want to go back to the shows and the performances. Maybe we don't want to go back to the big crowds and feeling lost instead of feeling like we belong. Maybe we don't want to go back to just sitting in the kitchen and having some sort of church service on in the background where we're halfway listening. Maybe we, who would want that? That doesn't sound like why Jesus would give his life on the cross. But if we understood this, how many of you know there are people who want to be a part of this? There are people who go, man, don't sign me up for the show and the programs and the, all this stuff, but man, sign me up to belong. Sign me up to lay my life on the foundation of Christ. And so that's what the book is. Well, in the book, you're going to read this definition of church. And it was such a good definition of church that I thought I would go ahead and share it with you today. And the book goes through each group of these, um, basically of this definition. So each little phrase is a chapter in the book. So it'll kind of help you. But if you're wondering if you're like me and sometimes you just need to just tell me what the church is, like just give me a definition of what the church is, here you go. Um, you can put that slide up too. I think I've got a slide for it. The church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of Christ's heavenly kingdom to proclaim the good news of Christ the King, to affirm one another as his citizens, and to display God's own holiness and love through a unified and diverse people in all the world. That is the church. So here's what we have to do. We have to take our preconceived notions of what we think church is and realize, sure, if church is showing up to a place once a week on Sundays that you may not even actually enjoy, then why is that worth your time? And I agree, because that's not even worth Jesus' blood. But that's not what church is. Church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of Christ's heavenly kingdom to proclaim the good news of Christ the King, to affirm one another as his citizens, to display God's own holiness and love through a unified and diverse people throughout all the world. Now, that's something I'd like to be a part of. That sounds like something I shouldn't forsake. That sounds like something worthy to give my life to. And guys, maybe it's not that we got to pull people back into church. Maybe we got to help people rediscover what church even is. That it was never what they left. And now they could come be a part of something we're starting brand new that will not be perfect. First and foremost, because I'm your pastor. And second, because the rest of you are here. Okay? So it will never be a perfect church. But a church that says, to the best that we can, through the power of God, we're going to try to get this thing as close to this as we can. So worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. But before you pack your stuff away, I want to share with you a couple of things of what the church is not and what the church is. And I want you to process and think about this. So here's the first thing. What is the church not? Okay, well... First of all, the church is not a club. 
Um, I struggled with this word, and so I'll just go ahead. Uh, really, what I'm saying by that is the church is not like a country club where you pay your dues and you show up and you say, oh, I give, you know, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, and that's my church, and when I need something, I'll go to them. And, you know, just like you have a membership at the Y or you have a membership at the gym, you also have a membership at the church and a membership at the, okay, the church is not a club that you just flippantly join. Okay. This isn't on the list by putting it in the same realm as the club. Is the church is also not a cult. The church doesn't completely control you. Okay, I, I, the, this is not a cult that you like can't leave, and I am not your leader. Okay, the church is the people of God saved by Jesus, who are being lovingly and gracefully and imperfectly shepherded by His leaders, God's leaders pastors. The church is not a performance. It's not something that we just show up and listen to. This is why when we started Impact Church, we decided to start a church before we started a worship service. This Sunday morning gig that we got going on was one of the last things that we added to who we were as a church. We met together, we ate together, we studied God's Word together, we formed community groups together and met in each other's homes and took care of each other, and we served together and did outreach together and evangelism together, and we did all of this stuff together before we ever started meeting in this building on Sunday morning to show for generations of people who will come to this church that church is more than a Sunday morning performance. Church is not a building. You did not go to church today. Just in the same way that I would not say, yeah, I'm going to go to West today. No, I'm going to go be with West today. And, and you came and you were with church today. You were with church today. And here's the last thing. Church is not optional. Like if Jesus died for it and Jesus founded it, then it wasn't something you just tack on to your life because you need some good vibes. But let me encourage you about what church is today. Number one, church is God's idea. This isn't something we came up with. We can't take credit for it. It's really awesome, but it's not our idea, which means we can't do it our way. We got to do it God's way. We got to study the Bible and say, man, the Bible says this is what church should be, and so this is who we're going to be as a church because this wasn't our idea. We didn't come up with it. So we can't just run with it however we want. It's God's idea. Number two, the church is supernatural. Uh, The church is not technological. The church is supernatural. The church doesn't revolve around how good our equipment responds during the service. Church is not based upon how well the performances were and the equipment functioned. Church is based on one thing. Did God show up? Was the Spirit of God present? And was God's glory through His people on display? If so, we had church, baby. And here's the last thing. Church is the hope of the world. There's nothing else that is going to bring hope to people who are longing for belonging other than the church. There's nothing else. Everything else is going to let them down. Everything else is going to to lead them astray. But listen, 
the church, as imperfect as it is, when we're getting things right, there is nothing more beautiful on the face of this planet than the local church that Jesus died for. We don't always get it right, but baby, when we do, there is nothing more beautiful on the face of the planet. And I I just want to share with you today, I just want to encourage you, man, I want you to know that you belong because Jesus says you belong. You don't need me to tell you you belong. You don't need me to affirm that you belong. You don't need me to, to, you don't need to sign a bunch of papers. Brother, sister, listen to me. You can belong because Jesus says you belong. So your first goal is not to just try to find the right church. Your first goal is get to Jesus. Rub shoulders with Jesus. Get to Jesus because Jesus says through his death on the cross that you belong. You belong because of Him. And it is finished. It has been spoken. It is already done. There's, there's nobody going back going, well, Brandon shouldn't belong, so I'm taking him out. It's too late. I belong because of Jesus. And listen, God gave us this gift of the church to show us and remind us that we belong. Like where people who don't belong anywhere else can show up to the church and because of Jesus, we go, you know what? I used to not belong either. I used to not belong either. That person, yeah, she didn't belong either. But then Jesus showed up and He saved us and He called us and He made us new and now we're a bunch of rejects who have found a place to belong because of who Jesus says that we are. Man, it is time for us to reinvigorate our love for the church and our role in the church. Because the church matters. You matter. Not the institution, not the organization, you. Those called and saved by Jesus. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity we have to respond to you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, that you have given us a place to belong. And Lord, now we just, we pray first and foremost that you forgive us for neglecting your church, that you forgive us for not having the right um, mindset of your church. But Lord, now we pray that you reinvigorate our souls and our spirits to go, man, if this is what church is, count me in. And Lord, please help us. Lord, help us. We won't always get it right, but give us grace, God, and continue to bring people from Fredericksburg who need to belong and bring them to yourself and then bring them to us. And Lord, whoever you bring here, we will do the best we can to love them, to help them belong, and to point them to Jesus. So Jesus, we just pray if there are people in this city who need a place to belong, Lord, that you would not pass us by and you would look at us and you would call us to be the church you died for. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.